early days of the American frontier, people relied on steam engines to transport them through wild landscapes to spectacular new places. In this current era, we have something that allows for an even greater adventure, the search engine. So make sure you grab your ticket because we are going on a first class ride across the web. A one, a two, a three, four, five. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, we're still going. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy, 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 happy holidays. <laughs> well, welcome to a very special episode of What's Going On. We're keeping on with the holiday tradition. We've already tackled Halloween, Thanksgiving, and now my favorite, Christmas. You almost Pet. forgot there. We've only done two. <laughs> For I, I had a, I definitely paused there. I was a little bit scared. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I almost the reason why I almost said Thanksgiving before Halloween, and oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to keep it in order. <laughs> and it took me. I had a, a thick brain fart there. But Patrick, well, first off, is Christmas your favorite holiday? Uh, I would say so. I think just uh, growing up and having the anticipation of the presents was always my favorite part. Uh, a little selfish, I guess, but <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. So you know, and then like our holiday traditions were basically the same for every holiday, except for we also put up a Christmas tree. So it's like, oh, it's just like the rest of them, just slightly better. Yeah, a little bit about you. I would say it's. Yeah, it's probably one of my. It's probably my favorite. I don't know. It's so hard to pick between Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Like each one has its own little allure and just fun little flavor to it. I think ah, uh, I would have to say it's probably my favorite, tied with Thanksgiving and then Halloween right afterwards. Halloween, yeah. I think, as you get older, gets a little bit less fun because you're not so like geeked out as a kid to go either trick or treating. Yeah, so? It's I don't know. I mean, it goes more. There's a it, period. It definitely there's has a like a wave. Like, yeah, it's the best thing when you're a kid, and then you know you get too old to trick or treat. But then you're like, oh hey, I can dress up and just have a good time, and maybe go to a party or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you hit a party phase. So like we're yeah. still in that party phase, but COVID, eh, whatever. But with that, True. so it's like a yeah, it's like that wave where late teens it kind of dips down a little bit. And then goes back up as you start like maybe drinking a little bit more. But then after you reach, what do you think, like thirty or something? <laughs> Whenever you stop going out to Halloween parties, you think you'll ever stop? Can't stop, can't won't stop. stop. Oh, dude, I literally opened my mouth to say "can't stop, won't <laughs> stop." That was fucking beautiful. This is why we're friends. All right, we're getting off I, topic. I don't already. know. I think uh, it's still a fun holiday just to dress up, even if you're you're not doing anything too crazy. I yeah, just, just sitting to home try alone and be another character suit. for a night. <laughs> no it is a good time it is a good time i'm not shitting on halloween i mean those are my three favorite holidays of all so i mean i mean what's after halloween though like what's the what's the runner-up oh fourth of july for sure yeah yeah the fireworks yeah okay i could see that all right but then after oh new year's would you put new year's before or after fourth of july i think i would go fourth of july first just because it's like nicer weather and you're like outside doing stuff like picnic usually i don't know just a little better i feel like yeah see i mean it's almost the same it's kind of like close to halloween because normally people are dressed up in stupid like oh happy new year's bullshit like 2020 like 
sunglasses and oh my god it's kind of like a like a cousin of halloween in a way you got a party vibe there's exciting stuff with it new year's is just halloween's shitty cousin (laughs) basically (laughs) good good all right uh, back to actual (laughs) christmas the topic of the episode what is your favorite thing about your favorite holiday or what was uh your favorite memory maybe i would have to say that my favorite meh oh god i think that my favorite part about the holiday is simply just being around family i mean kind of the same thing as thanksgiving but it's just always nice to spend time around loved ones and friends i don't really know like what the best part about christmas is i think it's just because everyone's so joyful you know that like happiness is just kind of in the air that it just kind of brightens your mood you know yeah i definitely think it's interesting to see that people are actually more like joyful and friendly during this time of the year it's like why can't we just uh keep that going no can't do it (laughs) no new year new pissed off me unless i get fucking presents then i'm in a good mood (laughs) yeah that's true it it just got ruined because they didn't get what they wanted for christmas every year very true very true do you have i know we wrote it down a gift in mind that you think is your favorite president of all time i think i said president i meant president (laughs) (laughs) i think my most memorable one was definitely like i was a kind of young kid and i walk into the living room and there's this giant wrapped package right in the middle of the living room i'm just like oh what is that you know Mm -hmm. i just i sat there for like five minutes trying to guess what it was and then my dad finally got just bored of that. He's like, just open it up. Like, <laughs> stop sitting there. And, you know, it was just a, a golf bag or whatever that uh, yeah. came with some golf clubs and all that. Oh, the yellow one. Um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, nothing too crazy, but it, it was just the the anticipation of what it could be and then actually getting something that I thought was really cool and then that we actually used a lot, like biking all the way to the golf course and all that. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. It was a good time. It was awesome. Uh, you what just unlocked you? a memory that I haven't thought about for a while. I always forget about it until it's about Christmas time. Uh, when I was about, I don't even know, five, six years old, kind of the same thing happened where my, I don't know what the gift was, but it came in this huge box and I ran into the living room and I just screamed, oh, it's a box. And I was just so <laughs> excited for the box that i didn't even realize that there was a present in it i was just happy to have a box because i just liked rolling around and i don't know using my imagination to make a toy and then going from that day forward every single christmas my dad makes the running joke it's a box i guarantee yep. i'm gonna be hearing that in six days I, I i could see your dad definitely doing that literally every single year every yep. single time i'm gonna try and get it on camera like, we're going to post this on Christmas Day, and then if I get the on-camera, it's a box, I'm going to put it in the comment section of this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. I will. I almost guarantee it. Almost guarantee it. But no, I, I think besides that, though, there's not really a specific present that kind of, like, sticks out or anything. I gotcha. Did you want to start us off with maybe some uh, early versions of Christmas? Yes. Yes, we can definitely start it off. So starting back here with way back in the day, kind of what early Christmas used to look like, It kind of like with every other holiday, it never was Christmas really to begin with. It slowly just kind of transitioned into Christmas. So starting kind of in the very beginning is a holiday called Yule, which is I think still celebrated here in certain areas of 
Europe. Uh, but Yule goes back to Scandinavian countries pretty much celebrating the shortest day of the year with a Yule feast. And the reason why they would celebrate the shortest day of the year is because it was the shortest day of the year. And going forward, they know that they were going to have more sunlight, more time to farm. It, it, it meant that their hard living was finally done and some better times were coming our way. And Especially I, in a Scandinavian country, like there's a lot of nighttime. In there. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. So in all the countries kind of around that same like latitude around Scandinavia, the sun doesn't actually peak over the horizon until about 9 in the morning. But then it sets, like fully sets at 3 p.m. So wow. like their shortest day is literally six hours. And could you imagine during like, you know, struggling times where you're <laughs> trying to farm, you know, do a bunch of shit and all you yeah. had was six hours? That's shorter than like the average work day now you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you don't have electricity or anything yeah i could definitely see why you're celebrating that ending yeah you're like finally dude we're gonna get some sun we're gonna get some more food it's gonna actually warm up here it's not gonna be so damn cold no pretty good times pretty good times and other little things that kind of just go with the tradition besides a big old feast ironically in scandinavia is a bunch of evergreen trees and holly bushes and they were used as a wintertime symbol of like life and hope stating that you know (laughs) because the more sunlight that's out the more you're actually going to see the trees and the bushes and so seeing them was basically like hey sun's coming up (laughs) we're gonna live we're gonna make it and so just being able to see their presence actually put a big smile on a lot of their uh faces in struggling times and then also uh they were used to decorate doors and windows of course to keep out bad spirits of winter everything about those bad spirits they're always haunting us trying to (laughs) trying to get us trying to jump in our windows And you know an evergreen tree is going to keep them away, for sure. (laughs) That's the first thing I would think of. Yes, yes. Other little bits of information about this. A jewel box actually would wander from house to house delivering gifts in hope of receiving a sampling of porridge from each home. And if you're curious what a jewel box is, it is the Yule Goat. Uh, His roots trace all the way back to the mythological god Thor. And used to he, Jewelbach used to be thought of as Thor's carrier, pretty much just Thor's little <laughs> Thor's little goat that he would ride around and <laughs> strap a bunch of stuff to. Uh, but no, he was uh, basically a huge symbol of hope, and all he really needed to keep on keeping on is just a little sample of porridge from the home that he was visiting. And there's just a bunch of other little weird characters that are kind of in the background of yule like there's the yule elf who was thought to live in all attics and pretty much just keep a household running smoothly and keeping everything in order and one of the only things that he asked for was on the yule feast day for a bowl of rice to be left out and that was going to be his dinner it's kind of weird that these little gifts of food is i think almost kind of turned into santa claus's milk and cookies it seems like like this is the very first example of these mythological creatures and all they want's food (laughs) all this work and they're just like please feed me very modest too like i want one bowl of rice for the entire year no seasoning i'll keep your (laughs) Your family's safe. Oh, my gosh. I definitely miss that uh, 
that goat in the most recent Ragnarok film. I didn't see Thor riding around on that. Dude, I know. It. I know. He probably just left it at home. He was sleeping or something. Maybe he uh, didn't get fed. Yeah, if Thor never gave him his porridge, and so he told him he was <laughs> he was off duty for the next for the next day. <laughs> Another thing to keep those lazy citizens off of there, but uh, Iceland actually contributed the legend of the Yule Cat, and the Yule cl- Cat itself was a remarkably large creature and was known for devouring lazy people. And so all lazy people in a village pretty much had the fear of being eaten around this time. So I think <laughs> people were putting a little bit extra work into their uh, into their lifestyle. <laughs> Other, uh, it's funny that the cat can eat as much lazy people as it wants, but the slaughtering of any animal, including fish, was actually very strictly forbidden during these Yule celebrations. And yeah, that was pretty much something that was throughout all of like the European countries surrounding Scandinavia. And I think that's just about it for Yule, really. It's just uh, celebrating the changing times. A little bit more sun, staying off our butt, working during the six hours. That's pretty crazy. And they had a cat. They had to create a cat. To get people to work during the six hours of daylight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that's Yule for you. Very first evidence of some sort of Christmas traditions. That's very interesting because it's almost the exact opposite of one of the other popular precursors to Christmas, which okay. is called Saturnalia, which is an ancient Roman festival honoring the agricultural god Saturn. Uh, originally it became or it began as a single day but i guess people loved it so much that they made it an entire week-long festival ending with the winter solstice on the 25th and basically this holiday they decided to basically unravel anything in society that was going on people wouldn't work during this time uh, usually gambling was looked down upon they do that mm. They'd gorge themselves on as much food as they could get. Slaves wouldn't have to work, and they'd actually be fed elaborate meals by their masters. And it basically just became anything sort of that society deems we have to do. They're just like, no, we're not going to do that for this little break. Uh, they they ditched their traditional togas for very colorful clothing just to stand out. And basically they sang songs, tried to be merry and just celebrate life and basically the (laughs) time that the time when saturn was actually ruling when people had enough to go around without having to do anything because the god saturn was providing for them instead of their usual you know hard work of having to tend to farms or whatever it is that they're actually doing yeah not too bad and apparently these uh i thought a little interesting story apparently these celebrations were so rowdy that there was one uh famous author at the time pliny i've never heard of him so i guess maybe not that famous at uh, the time at the time he he was he had to uh build a soundproof room so he could actually get some work done during that time because i guess (laughs) he was one of the original original scrooges saying bah humbug to uh (laughs) all the celebrations he's got to get some work done during that time he has six hours dude he's got to (laughs) finish it might have been a little more than that because it was in rome but okay okay seven (laughs) Uh, Another interesting tradition that stemmed from this was 
crowning a lord of misrule i think that's how it's pronounced Mm -hmm. uh and basically it's choosing a ruler for the day who would instead of ruling like a normal person would try and cause mischief in whatever family festivities you're having and usually it was given to someone who is a lesser status or has less power so you know usually some of the younger people or maybe someone who's less well off and they basically get to have power and have fun for the day by messing with everybody you know some examples being insulting (laughs) the guests and wearing odd clothes and stuff like that pretty good basically (laughs) just being the weirdo for the day Uh, And that was a lot of times chosen by hiding a coin or some other trinket in a cake, uh, which is where that tradition actually stems from. I don't know if you've ever, I think it's like a Mardi Gras thing usually where they have that, but I know something like Like hiding a little trinket thing is uh, common today. And then a lot of these traditions actually ended up being uh, more longer living traditions than some of the, the Yule ones because of the Romans basically conquering all of europe in yeah. uh in <laughs> in early times so their their traditions kind of got passed on more so to other cultures than uh than so did some of the scandinavian countries another tradition they had was to give candles as a sort of tribute to saturn and that stemmed from the story that saturn used to have dead gladiators given to him as offerings but the greek word for or the greek word phota meant both man and light so they decided that maybe it'd be better to give lights and candles instead of dead men's heads as an offering in See, a I more think, modern time i think we could have done better it could have done something where they like stuffed the heads of men with candles and then lit it you know kind of jack-o'-lantern style a man's there head. you go <laughs> they're, they're a little of both yeah <laughs> good shit another random holiday that the romans had that related to this christmas time celebration was juvenalia which was partially to celebrate becoming a man not quite relating to christmas but it was right at that same time and basically a time of celebration and it started with emperor nero celebrating the first time that he shaved at the age of i think it was 22 uh and for this he had all the people of high society perform theatrical performances basically just to entertain himself and embarrass the high society people who usually you know would not do too much i guess that is insane (laughs) imagine like living to 22 and not shaving how gross do you think that looked I know. That's what I was wondering, too. I'm like, that's kind of old for that. Yeah, that's very old. But I then I, I thought, shaved. like, isn't a beard, like, kind of a sign of manlyhood? Like, why is shaving it being a I man? Don't but I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I did, like, one other thing that he put on for this celebration, which was a singing competition. And if you had to guess who won, who would you guess? himself yes yes yeah uh, <laughs> it was a surprise but he he won the competition did he actually perform though like i feel like that would have been a, it almost sounds like a thing where he didn't even perform and he was just like it was me <laughs> yeah <laughs> the interesting thing was that other rulers actually continued this tradition oh they <laughs> made it more so about chariot racing and battling with uh, wild animals and stuff like that. Just a general celebration of good times. But it's it's interesting that they actually decided to keep the celebration of one emperor's first shave That's as awesome. a annual tradition. 
the, it kind of uh, just like how I felt about it. I'm sure other emperors heard that and they're like, "That's fucking tight, dude. We need to start doing that. <laughs> Let's have a whole party because I shave." That does sound pretty cool, actually. I feel like if uh, <laughs> if that became a trend, I feel like I definitely would have participated in that. The first shave party, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> would you shave, or would that be insulting to it? Uh no, you'd have to shave. It, it's okay. it, you're just honoring the roots, you know. That's but I'm true. sure it, it would get uh, it get funky with it. Like there'd be probably some parties where you'd only shave the stash. Oh, have like <laughs> a beard competition. Oh. <laughs> There are beard competitions out there. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is pretty crazy, actually. I remember back when cable was still a thing, I remember seeing a lot of like commercials and people would literally make like art out of their beards. Like there was one time I saw in the commercial a dude who had a full like his beard was made into the shape of a bird cage and had a bird sitting on the inside of the cage that he could like pull and it would like swing back and forth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that same thing. That's insane. <laughs> I know. That's, a, that's someone's fucking beard. If that was what the beard was and they had a party when they shared that, I would understand that. Yeah, that would deserve a party. Maybe I it agree. was the opposite. Maybe he had such a luxurious beard at 22 that the fact that he shaved it, that's what it was like. <gasps> like It was it was against the grain. And then they, he decided to shave it because he was defining what it meant to be a man. You know, believe it or not, in the early <laughs> hundreds, they uh, did not have photos. So I cannot tell you how luxurious his uh, beard was. I'm telling you, it was luxurious. <laughs> goodness uh the final holiday that i have that romans like to celebrate and this was kind of their most special to most people was celebrating the birth of mithra who was the god of light and makes sense apparently this was basically the deity that a, a very large religion actually followed during that time christianity started to become more popular and mithraism I think that's how it said, was actually the competing other religion with them at the time. And this religion is based off of the god of light who was born of the earth, you know, without any parents, just born by a sacred tree who (laughs) shortly after being born went to the cosmic bull whose blood fertilizes all vegetation and wrote it and then uh later in his life he decided to kill that bull and that's basically that that's the story that i got from him all right. i'm not quite sure why that deserves a lot of uh celebration Attention. but yeah you know killing the bull that gives everyone life i guess that's impressive i mean they were throwing fucking parties for shaving a mustache i think just about anything back then was fucking deemed worthy of a celebration <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just because of the religious connotation that uh, went uh, went along with that, that was one of the more important days to many Romans, and it was actually celebrated on December 25th, uh, much like Christmas today. Yeah, so going off of where you're leaving it at December 25th, uh, right into why do we celebrate Christmas? Wow. Christmas Christmas on December 25th and it's basically for the same reason as uh Romans kind of took over literally everything uh for some reason like Jesus the thought that Jesus was born on December 25th is like all over the place but most experts pretty much say that it's not reasonable that he was born at 
that day. And just for the simple transition for when Romans kind of started taking over everything, Christianity decided to just leave it as December 25th for Christmas. That way, a majority of Rome's like pagan subjects would just accept Christianity as the empire's official religion uh, over time. And they were just like, fuck it. Day is really not that important. As long as you guys just agree to like follow it and stop like doing your pagan festivals honoring Saturn, uh, we'll be good. <laughs> and after like choosing that, that's it, it just stuck at December twenty fifth and kind of just kept going from there. I actually heard a couple of theories that they try and justify that day, where one being that many people accept the uh, immaculate conception of mary being uh march 25th which is nine months before december 25th i don't know how they got the march date but apparently it all works out in uh in math there so apparently that's that's just how how uh that came to be in in most christian views i gotcha i gotcha so other notes that we had for this section was i wasn't quite sure if you wanted to talk about it or what we had for him but animal slaughtering (laughs) so they wouldn't have to be fed in winter was around this time as well was there anything that you found for that or alcohol being like fermenting at this time which is another reason why i kind of stuck with it i did a little bit of research on the animal uh question but the only thing i found was that animal consumption still uh, nowadays is actually so much crazier around obviously thanksgiving time but then christmas is the like second highest season for like animal consumption which i thought was actually a little bit interesting yeah yeah that was kind of their like celebration and way to treat but then it was also just because they didn't want to have to deal with continuing to feed their animals in a time where they're not able to really grow anything i think that was just kind of out of a convenience and realism factor yeah yeah honestly and then i didn't look up anything about the alcohol being done fermenting at that time but Mm -hmm. i kind of had seen that and it makes sense to me you know you have your harvest and then you wait half of winter and then uh then it's time to celebrate the the fruits of your your labor i guess yeah All right. I just figured I'd ask because I, I didn't find too much stuff. And the more I looked into it, uh, the animal portion, it just like got crazier and crazier. It was very like PETA heavy like videos. They were just like, look at this turkey. And I'm just like, all right, I don't want to look at it right now. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Please, please. I don't even like turkey. But that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, against what we're trying to get to now. So moving forward. I had a little more just on kind of some of the early Christian adoption of Christmas. Go the for it. Go for it. Celebration being uh, in 336 AD, which was much after Christ was supposedly birthed. And, you know, as I had said before, it was kind of justified as being nine months after the date thought to be the Immaculate Conception, uh, but in different parts of the world, I guess they kind of disagreed on that. So there were actually two dates for a while that were celebrated as Christmas, one Uh-oh. being December 25th and the other being January 6th. And in the West was mainly where they celebrated the December 25th and in the East, more like the Egypt-type region is where January 6th was popular. Uh, eventually, as we know, December 25th... One out. One out, yeah. <laughs> and uh, January 6th became 
the Feast of Epiphany, celebrating mm-hmm. the arrival of the, the Magi to Bethlehem, and the 12 days in between are known as the 12 days of Christmas, which I had no idea what that was actually in reference to. Okay, yeah, I had no idea as well. <laughs> I completely missed that. And I guess it makes sense that it's like each day you're getting things. Like, I don't know the story too well, but I would assume that's what those people brought to Bethlehem and all of that. Yeah, most likely, most likely. And then uh, just continuing on, Christianity kind of played the similar ploy of trying to merge with the current holidays that were already there Um sort of similar to how they did with All Hallows in our Halloween episode, just trying to basically integrate their celebrations to the celebrations that were already there to make it an easier transition. Uh, But because of that, they kind of adopted a lot of the existing transitions. So during that time, it wasn't as much a celebration of Jesus or anything like that, except for to the very strong Christians. But to most people, It was still a very rowdy and just drunken carnival-like celebration, (laughs) very akin to like (laughs) modern-day Mardi Gras. So that was kind of the the Christmas that was known for for many years. It's very strange that that's the that's the 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 Christmas they got. Jesus's birth. Let's get absolutely smashed and lose ourselves (laughs) i mean it's it's basically going through and being uh very similar to saturnalia uh another popular thing was you know kind of eliminating any sort of difference between classes where they'd have you know a person who's less well off be like a little ruler for different things kind of like how it was in saturnalia and then poor people would actually go to different rich people's house and demand the best food and drink that they could provide. Otherwise, they would kind of terrorize them in like a <laughs> odd version of trick-or-treat. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and that's that's all I had until uh, people being fed up with Christmas. I guess that's part oh, of the okay, reason okay. is just because it was such a rowdy and rambunctious type of celebration. Yeah, absolutely. And with it, when it started with it being so rowdy, it didn't quite follow kind of what I was just talking about, really celebrating Jesus or anything in that matter. It kind of just became kind of a uh, more of a party type holiday for a little bit. And I feel like due to that, it wasn't very widely accepted. And there is actually a little bit of a revolution where Christmas <laughs> was pretty much banned for a little bit. The pilgrims that uh, originally came to America were very strict Puritans, and their views of these religious holidays were a lot different than how they were originally <laughs> celebrated in the earlier days. And so they kind of deemed these days as holy days and actually started treating them as such. Or no, I, I think I'm saying it backwards here. A majority of the time, they weren't actually celebrating it as like an actual holiday. It was pretty much like another day. And they said that these days did not really needed to be celebrated so a lot of those original colonists actually were just working in the fields as if it was any other day and they looked down upon those that were partying and kind of like really celebrating it and because they're like you're kind of losing the 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 real purpose of this and they i don't know why but every single like article that i was looking up they had this example of these non-puritan workmen who were caught celebrating christmas by playing a game of stool ball and (laughs) i 
got really lost in the sauce <laughs> looking up what the fuck stool ball was because i i've read it literally in three different like articles and it's very strange to have multiple articles having kind of the same story. What do you think stoolball is? Just going off that. Uh, oh man, it's got to be. It's either a game where they're somehow playing with someone's shit, or <laughs> it has to do with sitting on a stool and doing some sort of activity with a ball, maybe bouncing it back and forth and trying to get it past someone. Yeah, it's kind of that. It, it's so it's kind of like the weirdest version of early baseball I've ever seen. So <laughs> it has like a little plate that is kind of like set up vertically. And they had this pitcher that would like throw a ball underhand at this plate. And then the person at bat had a club that was basically shaped like a frying pan almost just a little bit more flat. And they had to like hit it. And there was another like, uh another plate behind the pitcher and they had these like two individuals kind of like running back and forth as they were like trying to score as many points honestly i didn't really understand the game too much like it seemed really simple but they were telling they were saying that there's like 11 people on each team and i didn't understand what everybody else was doing because it looks like you could just play the game with like three people honestly (laughs) yeah very interesting game but no so yeah puritans didn't like christmas another big reason is that the fact that it was celebrated on december 25th uh from ancient rome like we mentioned and it was celebrating originally the sun god mithra and uh, there's a huge issue going back to january 6th is what you said was the epiphany yep. day yeah and so there was quite a bit of objection from that over time and I think it took a couple hundred years before we even decided to change it on up here. Yeah, and I keep forgetting that the colonists named that city New England. I keep reading it and wanted to think that it's back over in Europe, but it's not. Yeah, so the Puritans in the English Parliament actually eliminated Christmas as a national holiday in 1645, and that remained, I believe, until... 1850s 1836 1836 so quite a long time canceled christmas for a very long time Jeez, very long time and it it didn't even just get canceled it got to the point that if there was individuals that were thought to be celebrating christmas in any form they could they could get fined or even arrested and put in jail (laughs) (laughs) so trying to celebrate (laughs) what are you going to for yeah well i put up a mistletoe (laughs) oh that's hard (laughs) you son of a bitch how could you (laughs) it's also like what if they're just celebrating like a birthday or something you know how would they (laughs) better not be any christmas celebrations around here (laughs) no no just a birthday party don't not worry. Me. Not me. I swear to God. No. So when was Christmas finally accepted? Uh, I think I'm looking here for it. Oh, damn. Okay. Wow. All right. So we're getting a lot deeper into the time than I was expecting. A bunch of things were actually being written about Christmas before it actually became a public holiday once again. <laughs> so colonial New Englanders uh, started associating Christmas with royal officialdom and started like just refusing to mark it as a holiday. And the U.S. Constitution basically came in and the Senate assembled Christmas Day back in like 1797. And then the House did 
all the way back in 1802, but it still took decades for states to even be comfortable announcing it as a public holiday. In 1836, what do you think was the first state to announce Christmas as a public holiday? Oh, 1836. I don't want to guess something super dumb, so I'm just going to guess New York. No, it was actually Alabama. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Alabama became the first official state to declare Christmas as a public holiday, and then states uh, soon followed afterwards. But a lot of New Englanders remained very defiant, Scrooge-like. As late as the 1850s, a lot of schools and markets actually still remained open on Christmas Day. And a lot of people were still forced to work as they made a very, very slow transition into Christmas being celebrated as what it is today. How could they? Actually having to work on Christmas? Those sons of bitches. Yeah, but now Christmas was official, and how did Christmas kind of become what it is known today? And I think you got the story on that. Yep. Thankfully, there were a couple of heroes who got us the day off, hopefully. In the early 19th century, as you had mentioned, there wasn't the most acceptance of Christmas And that was partially because of what it had been in the past. But that combined with the, I guess, mistrust between different classes in society just due to high unemployment and things like that. People kind of realized that they had to try and figure out a way to get everyone to come together. So in 1819, a best-selling author at the time, Washington Irving, wrote the sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon, uh, which was a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas where a very rich gentleman invited some poor people to his manor to have a basically big celebration and uh, basically to show that, you know, the people who are less well-off can get along with those who are more well-off. And they did a bunch of ancient traditions for the holiday celebration. But in actuality, all of these ancient traditions were just made up by Irving in order to make the holiday a bit more family-friendly and not as, I guess, a drunken party. Just to make it more palatable to everybody and try to actually spread the, the Christmas cheer. Woo! And then around that same time, another person you might have heard of, Charles Dickens, created a the classic A Christmas Carol, uh, which basically stressed the importance of charity and goodwill between people and just kind of tried to further that narrative to get a new identity for Christmas, basically. And this, this fit kind of with the sentiment at the time where a lot of parents were being more in tune with the emotional needs of their child and wanted a little bit of an excuse to spoil them, which is interesting because I hear of what people's lives were back then and that does not seem spoiled to me, but (laughs) I can only imagine what it was like even before then. So they were basically loosening up a little bit and this way to basically have a more family environment and enjoy the holidays was very welcome at a time when maybe everything wasn't going the best. Uh, So off of that, basically America was trying to create a new Christmas tradition where they looked towards uh, immigrants and the Catholic Church as a source of their ancient traditions that they wanted to keep up. So that's where a lot of the actual celebrations came about, be that giving gifts to people or decorating trees and other events like that that we know nowadays. And then continuing from that came the 
actual depiction of Santa Claus, which goes back to a Turkish monk named Saint Nick or Saint Nicholas, uh, born in 280 AD, basically famous for giving away all of his inherited wealth and going around helping the poor and the sick. And in the 18th century, many Dutch families actually gathered to honor the anniversary of his death, the death of Saint Saint Nicholas, which is Dutch for Saint Nicholas, which often got sorted shortened to Sinterklaas and later Santa <laughs> <These> Claus. <laughs> Very I don't know how all these little changes get made to it. Like someone just mishearing it from someone else and being yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's Santa Claus. Okay. It's just a game of telephone. <laughs> ridiculous so then it moved beyond just celebrating an old turkish monk to i guess the big fat jolly guy when a minister clement moore wrote the famous christmas poem that started out twas a night before christmas and in that poem he depicted santa as a very jolly man who flew from home to home delivering present and joy to all the people around the world and this was later actually brought to life in 1881 when a political cartoonist made the iconic uh, rosy-cheeked fat man that we know today. Yeah. So then that kind of got Santa to have his his modern-day modern view. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the interesting traditions that actually came out of Saint, Saint, Saint Nicholas? I don't know how to say it in Dutch, but... Uh, <laughs> He had a story that uh, relates to the cre- or why we have stockings for Christmas, and the story goes that he was passing by the homes of maidens who were too poor to afford a dowry at the time, so he would go to the chimneys and throw down gold pieces for the family, and they would be caught in hanging stockings that were hanging there to dry over the fire. And that's how we got to putting presents in Christmas stockings right next to the chimney. I gotcha. I gotcha. Which, to me, that's absolutely ridiculous. How would you drop it down and get it into a sock? But you never know. Just really good aim. He never misses. Yeah. (laughs) Real quick, before we get on over to the next segment, you know I like to jump around all over the place in time. I know you were mentioning groups of people back in England would come on over and pretty much like sing for food and drink and kind of almost like demand to be fed. Yep. Uh, Do you remember what the group of men was called? No, I did not see that. So I... I found an article. The groups of men were called way sailors and way sailing and I guess mumming became that was like what the tradition basically was like way sailors would go around and like beg for food <laughs> just from wealthy lords. And they were like joined by these people called mummers who would put like basically like black face on and like dress up in costumes and a lot of times would dress up as like the opposite sex and then just perform like weird little plays in the streets and homes in hopes that they would get some sort of food and i this is a wormhole that i went down deep into i didn't know but the city of philadelphia actually has a mummers parade that still goes on today really yeah i it's a huge fucking thing i've literally never heard of it 
in my entire life, but it still goes on today. Sadly, this year it was canceled. When is it celebrated? Is it like I a Christmas think, thing? Yeah, I want to say that it is normally celebrated on New Year's now. Ah. Yeah, and uh, the last handful of years, there's over 15,000 people who march on New Year's in celebration of this. And there's a bunch of different like categories of the parade. There's like comedic like dances and performances in the parade. There's fancy like artistic work, and then like string bands have been known to to come on in and just play a bunch of music. Apparently, it's this huge thing, dude. I literally had no idea. But the Philadelphia Mummers Parade is actually believed to be one of the oldest like folk festivals in America. And even our very first president, good old George Washington. Uh, was one of the first major political people to really contribute and try to have a continued effort of the Mummer's Day Parade. And he really, I don't know how much advertising and stuff he could do for it, but he really tried to push it to get it <laughs> approved and continued. Yeah, and he basically... We need to go to uh, that. That sounds dude, really cool. I know, honestly. If you just look up some quick pictures of it, it's it looks crazy. It, it looks really crazy. But no, so I thought that that was a little fun tidbit that uh, you you mentioned just the people begging for food. And I was like, where the hell did I see that? And I went back in my 80 tabs and found it. Wow, they I are thought, really dressed up for this. Dude, they go fucking hard for it. It's it's crazy. It's almost it's like really Carnival cool. here in uh, the U.S. That's crazy. Yeah. How have yeah. I never heard of this? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Like, in 15,000 people in a parade on New Year's? I feel like that's something you'd, like, hear on TV. Yeah, you know? this is way better than a Philly cheesesteak. They need to start <laughs> rebranding their marketing. Philadelphia, you're fucking up, dude. You had fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and then you fell off. But no, so with also wassailing, wassailing, I'm not too sure how to pronounce that. It's obviously a custom that's very rarely done today, going to other people's houses and begging for food. But a common drink that was given back in the day was made of mulled ale curdled cream roasted apples eggs cloves ginger nutmeg and sugar i don't know how i feel about that like wait is that a fruit cake i don't i don't think so is it is that a fruit wait, you cake? said a drink or yes yes okay a drink. i just heard all of the ingredients i'm like hmm and i'm also looking up fruit cakes right now because i was gonna oh. ask you about them Okay. I thought you <laughs> jumped ahead of me and somehow read my mind. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. But a it was really popular in like higher uh with like higher lords and stuff to just have like really big bowls of this and to be able to pass it out amongst the poor individuals. And it was very common for the rich people to drink this what uh, this drink all twelve days of Christmas. And the mixture was known as lamb's wool because of the pulp of the roasted apples made it look frothy and kind of like lamb's wool in itself. Hmm. And I found a fucking recipe to make it. And I thought that would be a great thing for us to either do a video on or just give it a give it a go. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think that'd be fun. It doesn't sound that great, though. No, no, I'm not very excited. Curdled cream. I don't even know what that is. Is that just like spoiled cream? That's what it sounds like. I'm not too sure. It might be something completely different, but it sounds like that. Yeah, I I have no idea. But very off topic, like I like to be. 
We're going back to modern Christmas. We are getting on now to the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who might not have a history that you thought he did. I definitely did not expect this, but he was actually created due to an assignment for pretty much a holiday catalog. I'm not too sure what the company was that was trying to sell (laughs) what is it children's books and toys pretty much i think it was the retail giant yeah montgomery ward pretty much decided that they were going to create this little catalog and start advertising for stuff and this guy named robert may was put on the project and he had a passion to write and churning out mail order catalogs was not really for just <laughs> men's shirts and other gifts was not really his forte, but he needed a job. So he was just working on it. Uh, and <laughs> he also he got the assignment to develop like some sort of story for like with an animal in it. And he thought that uh, a reindeer was a good natural uh, fit for the leading role. And his daughter also was in love with, reindeers at the time when they would visit the zoo so he threw his daughter i guess decided to go with a reindeer and he lived close to lake michigan and he went for a walk one day and peered out over lake michigan there had a thick fog and that thick fog is actually how he came up with the idea of some kind of misfit reindeer who was ostracized due to the bright red nose that we all know today (laughs) but the story of rudolph actually is very different than um what we currently know it to be today and also his name was almost not rudolph there were the options of rollo reginald rodney and romeo but why all r's i don't know apparently it was just r that's what he was that's what he was working with what was the name of the company again uh i think it was montgomery ward okay so no r's no okay not too sure what's with the r maybe because of the red and reindeer maybe he's just trying to keep it with r's i have no idea maybe it just sounded better but as uh mr may was working on this story through the summer apparently his wife's health actually started deteriorating pretty rapidly and from the start of the summer when she got sick she actually passed away in july and i i think due to the loss of his wife he pretty much started devoting himself to the creation of rudolph the red-nosed reindeer because his work was trying to say like hey you're going through some hard times right now just like give the assignment to someone else and he was like i need rudolph now more than ever and he like through his grief just finished the story by the end of the summer but like i said it's not what you know it to be today the story that he wrote actually is a story of santa pretty much going through like a very stormy um like a very uh, bad like christmas and stopping by like a house to drop off presents and seeing rudolph kind of just like hanging out inside of the house i don't know if he was a pet or like what the hell and he saw the red nose and was like oh that's like perfect and so he took him from the house and was like all right you're gonna help me this christmas i don't know if that's the actual story for some reason i always thought that he was in like the north pole yeah he wasn't allowed to play in all the reindeer games yeah exactly that's that's what i know but that was also because that poem that we know was actually written by someone completely different and so was the animated television version of red nose reindeer 
Red Nose Ranger that we all know as well. That was also a completely different person. Can we go back to why does Rudolph sell department store items? What I don't what know. did that have to do with the department store? I have no idea. I think it literally was just trying to be like something cute that he, they could slap on the front of a catalog and be like, "Oh, look at that!" Like, "Oh my gosh!" Because it was just he was just given the topic of some sort of like animal story, and then maybe there's like a little story at the beginning of the catalog to get like children into the catalog, and then from there they would just like keep looking at toys and stuff from there on out. Hmm. I'm I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. It's very strange to me. But no, so the book that he, the little catalog thing that he finished actually ended up being 32 pages illustrated. And wow. yeah, yeah. Like when he got sad and went into it, he, he really went into it. And it was actually given as a free gift to children visiting the department store in 620 locations. So it started off as an ad and then just became this giant, like, free gift. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> a, You're that guy's a, boss. Hey, we wanted a one-page article here. Yeah, and here's an entire fucking booklet like it and you know the guy just lost his wife so you're trying to cheer him up you're like all right sounds good buddy yeah we'll fucking we'll put it out all the children get it but what they weren't expecting was how popular the book was within that first yeah yeah within the year that it came out they gave out 2.4 million copies of the book wow two point and think about that back in the day 2.4 million copies and they were planning on printing out another 1.6 million copies the following year but then there was the paper shortage due to world war ii and rudolph had to remain on a hiatus until world war ii was a little bit more figured out than what it was but then it came back with a bang in 1946 and the montgomery ward handed out another 3.6 million copies of the book isn't that wow. crazy, dude? That's insane. That is so much more than I was hoping for when I put that on the thing to look up. Oh, dude, it ain't even done yet. This is an amazing story. I'm loving it so far. Dude, it's fucking crazy. This, yeah, I went down a lot of wormholes, but this one definitely just kept getting crazier and crazier. Eventually, fucking, like, Things were taken off really well with this book, and May was like, all right, what else can we do with this? And I think he believes in the story more than Montgomery Ward did. I don't understand how they didn't see potential here, but they actually like sold the copyrights of it over to May. I mean, obviously, he did originally create it. But they like gave him like all rights towards it, and he just went fucking off with it. He started creating puzzles, Viewmaster reels, snow globes, mugs, like everything. And then in 1949, songwriter Johnny Marks, who happened to be May's brother-in-law, <laughs> is the guy who actually wrote the like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song that we all know to get today. And then that song went out and sold two million copies in the first year and remains as one of the best-selling Christmas tunes of all time. <laughs> and and then from that, May was financially comfortable for pretty much the next uh, seven years. <laughs> and then I think Rudolph kind of died after that, and he eventually went back as a copywriter to Montgomery Ward and worked there for the remainder of his life. Huh. Where have you been? Oh, just... <laughs> Chilling off my Rudolph money. <laughs> Been riding the fucking Rudolph train for a while. 
<laughs> That's insane that one of his relatives were just like, yeah, I can see that you're going crazy with this Rudolph thing, but I love it. I'm going to write a yeah. song about it. <laughs> he fucking joins them, dude, and then writes a fucking one-hit wonder. <laughs> and we all know it. We know it. Fucking. Did that guy make any other songs? I have. Oh, dude, I have no idea. That's a good question. What's his name again? What was it? Johnny. Johnny Marks. No fucking way. Is this real? Not only did he write it, but I think, was that his first one? I'm curious if that was his very, uh, insane. Not only did his brother get him to start writing Christmas music, uh, he started off with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and it looks like it kick-started something for him. And he is now known as one of the most famous Christmas songwriters in the world. Popular ones like... Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, A Holly Jolly Christmas, Silver and Gold, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, and Run Rudolph Run were all written by him. So this guy is the reason. I don't know why, but the Have a Holly Jolly Christmas song is stuck in my head for the entire year, like every year. Like I'll just <laughs> randomly like start thinking it in July. I'm like, it's not, it's not Christmas at all. Why am I doing this? So well, I have that guy to blame. Really? I'm very surprised by that. <laughs> that is like the one song that for some reason is permanently stuck in my head. I don't know why. Insane. Have a holly jolly Christmas. I don't think until it's the I best read time that, of the year. I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it is the best time of the year for you. Goodness. But no, yeah, so Rudolph, crazy story for a crazy deer. That was that was fantastic. The only other things I had were some short little wormholes to go down. As I brought up before, fruitcake. Yeah. Have you ever had one, actually? Yeah, I, I I think I had one when I was younger. Like I can I can't remember what it tastes like, but I remember I tried it and I wasn't a fan. But I it was a long, long time ago. See, I've literally never had one. I just know that people absolutely hate them. But to me, it doesn't sound that bad. What's it, in it? It's well, traditionally, it stemmed from a Roman dish where they had barley mash, dried raisins, pine nuts, pomegranate seeds, and honeyed wine to get it to stick all together. So it's basically you know, a fruit cake, you know, some sort yeah. of flour, some fruit, and then you know uh, a binder. That doesn't sound too bad to me. But See, apparently, everyone just hates them. I've literally never had one. I'm trying to find out why people hate it so much, but I it's just have, it's very divisive. Some people love it, some people hate it, and I cannot figure out why. I think it's just because of like old fruit taste would be in my opinion. Like I can eat a fruit like before it's ripened, when it's ripened, but like when it starts to go bad, it gets just like a weird sour taste to it. I'm not sure if that's what fruit cake tastes like, but just thinking about all that old fruit, I, I feel, feel like, like nowadays it's like candied. So like I get it, that's probably yeah. kind of bad. But like if it was dried fruit, I wouldn't think it would ever really go that bad. You know what? Fuck it. We're adding fruitcake to the list of things that we got to try because of this because of this podcast. We got to <laughs> we got to find a solid fruitcake recipe and give it a whirl and give it our honest review. That yeah, apparently is a popular item in English society in the early 1900s. That makes sense. But uh just because it uh kind of satisfied all their their cravings of high fat, high sugar. Hell yeah. What more do you need? <laughs> And because uh, they're just... indestructible. 
They are. They get fucking hard as shit, actually. That's one That's thing I do remember. Why. I've stood on a fucking fruitcake before. Really? Why? Yeah, I remember being a child, and like I think I now that you've said that, I, I have a very vivid memory of me squeezing it and then saying, like, this is way too hard, and to show that it was too hard, I literally stood on it, and it did not, like, squish or anything. I, <laughs> I was probably, like, 50 pounds at the time, very young, but I if you can stand on a fucking fruitcake as a child, I, I can't... I don't know. What else is that hard that tastes good? Besides like a jawbreaker, that's straight candy. I'm apparently seeing that a lot of the disdain for fruitcake stems from Johnny Carson, who had a famous joke that said, the worst Christmas gift is a fruitcake. There's only one fruitcake in the entire world, and people keep sending it to each other. And apparently, since then, people have been hating fruitcakes, just building on top of that. Just one guy, he's just like, fuck fruitcake. I don't know. Like, That's yep. what this article says. I think there's probably been a disdain for this uh, fruitcake for a while. Because and as who- you said, it doesn't seem like the most appetizing thing at first sight. Yeah. And who said that? Johnny Carson? Yeah. Who the In fuck is Johnny Carson? The 80s. I, I think he was uh, like before Jay Leno, like the late night guy. Oh, wow. I bet you a lot of the older people that listen to our podcast i'm gonna be very upset that i did not they know just turned it is. off yeah we lost they're... half our audience <laughs> no uh, come back <laughs> i'm so sorry i don't i don't know who that is he looks familiar kind of he's got a nice face he looks he looks like a nice old guy <laughs> did, did i win him back yeah yeah are they coming Maybe. back <laughs> they definitely uh, subscribed after that random little fact that i had we're just kind of bouncing uh, everything christmas now the origin not the origin but christmas trees uh ironically when they were brought into the house they were originally hung upside down just because there is no platform or base that anybody thought of yet to stand it up after it was chopped down you know because it's got that like it's all kind of jagged <laughs> after you chop it down with an axe and so a lot of the times it was just hung upside down and then left as that i think we should do that one year hang a christmas tree upside down so they just hung it from the ceiling yeah and that was easier than getting it to stand up i guess <laughs> i i'm not convinced but it'd be interesting to try I don't know. If you're back then, though, like, what the fuck would you... I don't know. I feel like I might have just, like, kind of lazily thrown it in the corner, you know? Yeah, just, like, exactly. Fucking, I don't know. Fuck me. No, you gotta <laughs> make some pulley system to hang it upside down. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got any other random little Christmas facts? I got one last one. I didn't have a ton of information about this, but I saw an article on it. I wanted to ask you... Have you ever heard of a cannibal sandwich? I've got another fact after this that deals with cannibals, but not a cannibal sandwich now. Okay. I'm interested to hear (laughs) what you have. But uh, a popular dish in the Milwaukee area in Wisconsin, if people aren't familiar with Wisconsin, which most people probably aren't, is a sandwich that's made out of raw beef. And onions. What? And that is a cannibal sandwich, which the different health departments in Wisconsin have to each year send <sighs> out a advisory notice for people not to eat that because it is not safe. Why? But, Does that many people eat it? We're from Wisconsin. And I, I know. I've never I, heard of that's that. why I want to ask. I've literally never heard of this until this article. But it sound, they made it sound like everyone in Wisconsin is just eating handfuls of raw beef and just cannot be stopped 
I'm very confused. I feel so like you've never heard of this a, either. No, that sounds like that sounds like something you'd see on a horror movie. Like not something that you're just like, oh, fucking Christmas time. Let's eat a raw fucking burger. It's like, supposed to be reminiscent of some other dishes like beef tartare and stuff like that, which is basically just like very, I think raw or almost uncooked. I mean, low cooked beef and stuff like that. But I don't know. I personally have never heard of this. But the fuck? if you're in Wisconsin, please do not eat a raw meat sandwich over the holidays. It sounds you know very disgusting, but maybe someone thinks it's tempting. I don't know. There's actually, yeah, I looked it up. There's a lot of fucking articles. Yeah, it seems this. like literally every year they have to post the same article saying, hey, please stop eating raw meat sandwiches. <laughs> you want to know the funniest thing? On this article, there is like, if you want a if cannibal sandwiches are a tradition in your home, like try this safe alternative. Grab the ground cook beef. It? Yeah, is... it's literally like cook it until it's at 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Slap in some spices and put it on top of bread. <laughs> You'll be surprised to find it tastes even better when cooked. <laughs> <laughs> That's Holy amazing. Shit. This is from like the Department of Health Services. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fucking insane it says there have been eight outbreaks in the state linked to consumption of raw ground beef around this time since 1986 i wonder why milwaukee i don't know don't eat raw beef that's fucking weird (laughs) we should just end the episode right there like just a big cutoff (laughs) no okay so i was talking about cannibals patrick i know you took french in high school did you ever hear of the french christmas cannibal who serves santa claus oh le père futard yeah i was i was really gonna fucking guess with that le père futard what a fucking name uh also known as the father whipper so you do know of him though yeah yeah okay no i just randomly put some french words together to sound like i know what i'm talking about no 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 i I, okay i was i was still i was hoping you you would explain because i know of him but i don't remember the whole story i still don't understand like why he's even a part of santa claus it basically is like oh if you're like a really good kid like santa will come and if you're a bad kid this fucking creepy giant monster man is gonna come and fucking whip the shit out of you like (laughs) like what the fuck like they didn't they it's insane they're given a choice of like you want to you want a present or do you want to get your ass beat right here right now and we're not going to do anything about it (laughs) very interesting i thought the same thing in french class when we were being taught that and we were learning it in french so i'm like am i just understanding this wrong like i don't i don't get how this is an actual thing but i guess it's like where we could get a lump of coal if we've been bad yeah i I mean it's better than getting your ass beat (laughs) it's true what the fuck all right i'm hearing the uh, the saint nicholas and this like father whipper guy both go back to true stories of individuals and i guess the story of this guy starts around 1150 a.d and there was this guy who was a butcher who kidnapped three children, murdered them, carved their meat up, and then putting put them into a salting tub. I don't see. Is this fucking wow. real? Yeah. But then, but no, no. But then Saint Nicholas turns up at the door. Oh, that is not real then. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was around two eighty A.D. Okay, is, is when 
the most likely link to St. Nick was. So Wait a second. Wait, this story gets better. St. Nicholas turns up at the door. The butcher tries to tell him that he's going to offer him his best meat. And so he tries to feed the children to St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas was like, oh, fuck no. Nah. That's, that's, that's young boy. He resurrects the boy from the fucking ground beef that he is. <laughs> and then sends him back to his parents. <laughs> and... And gave the option for the butcher to repent his sins and become just known as the father whipper. <laughs> so he, he looks at a guy who kills a bunch of children and he's like, you know what? How about this? You can't kill anybody, but I'll let you beat the shit out of them. You join my team. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll deliver presents and pain to everybody. <laughs> Every single fucking year. How great does that sound? And the guy's wow. like, fuck yeah. Wow. The French are on to um, some pretty interesting stuff. And are then, you going to uh, teach your kid that? Fuck yeah. Hey, you better be I'm good or even, the, the father whipper is going to come. <laughs> I'm not even going to fucking tell him about Santa. I'm just going to tell him about the father whipper. <laughs> but I'm going to tell him. Father whipper is kind of a weird name. It almost sounds like he's coming. He's going to whip the dad. I'm going to have, I'm going to do some reverse psychology on him. I'm going to tell him the, the worse he is, the more I'm going to get whipped. And then I'm going to, I'm going to get a whole, a whole theatrical performance on. I'm going to have my wife go and wake up the kid. She, he's going to come downstairs. He's going to see a demon in blood. I'm going to be tied up and then he's going to whip me. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be fantastic until your kid. Until you realize your kid hates you and just makes it even worse. Starts whipping oh, you as well. Yeah, he joins him. He joins Saint Nick comes in through the door, grabs a weapons. Now the whole family's going to town. I've been bad this year. I didn't know that it was whipper. I I did not know the actual English translation of that. I knew it was father or something, but Insane. we didn't learn that much. Or I didn't learn that much, I guess. I mean, they taught you the fucking majority of it. Why did they skip that? I, I don't know. I think that <laughs> that must have been just me missing it there. But, yeah, we basically just got told it was the bad Santa who punishes little kids. No. He's a, he's a fucking cannibal butcher who, I don't know, fucking Santa Claus took Comes to the rescue. Pity on. Yeah, what the fuck? Santa, the, the superhero. We no, should but make a horror movie on that. Dude, that would be pretty good. But I, I don't. What, what would we do differently? Should we do the Father Whipper, where fathers literally get whipped? <laughs> <laughs> that's like modern could, day. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I don't know. It could be like one of those horror things that's like half comedy. You feel me? Yeah. We could. We could. We could probably get away with that. Oh, definitely. That'd be really fun. Let's do a really cheap, low budget movie. We'll get a little bit famous from that, and then we'll get into the big picture. What would make it professional? Is that what we're gonna do this uh, this Christmas break in Wisco? <laughs> After I eat a bunch of cannibal sandwiches. Yes, yes, and fruit cake. Yeah, That'll, the fruit cake will be the buns, cannibal oh. sandwich in the middle while <laughs> getting whipped. <laughs> so, what'd you guys do for Christmas? <laughs> insane no but there's other like isn't there's other like evil santa clauses like i know that krampus is a movie but i feel like that also has like some true history behind it don't you like i think is there i any have other... only heard of it from the movies and i assume that it was basically just the same as le pere futard so i um, have no idea actually i I'm going to assume that it is here. I don't. It is, is. Do you know of any other like evil Santas are around? 
No, no, not that I know of. Wow, Krampus has a lot more information than I expected. I think that he's. They're saying that his origins in Austria, among the din, the ding of cowbells. I think Austria. Oh, okay, it's not just Austria. That's the the, the most well known. But then Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, and Czech Republic, and now gaining recognition in the United States. Hell yeah. We need the the father whipper here, Krampus and Santa. We just can't get enough. But no, it sounds like Krampus historically comes out around the night of December 5th, tagging along with Saint Nick cuz I think Saint Nick passes away the very last the very next day. Oh, what the hell? Okay, so on that day Saint Nick is passing out candy. This is during the shoes of the stocking thing of good kids and birch twigs. Think about that. Saint Nick, that's as bad as he gets. He puts birch twigs in the shoes of the bad. <laughs> And here's this guy. And then legend has it that throughout the Christmas season, misbehaved kids are then beaten with birch branches or can fully disappear uh, into Krampus's sack and then hauled off to his lair in hell to be tortured and eaten. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's going straight for it there. Jesus Christ. Wow. We are much more tame nowadays. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. The stories we tell children are a lot nicer. That makes me wonder about, like, does every holiday... Okay, what other holiday people are there? There's the the Easter Bunny, uh, the Tooth Fairy. Is that it? The only other characters that are popping in my head are, like, the spokesman for cereal. (laughs) I'm thinking, like, the Trix fucking rabbit, Tony the the Tiger. guy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I am um, seeing another version of an evil Santa, though. And this one is in Spain called Black Peter or oh. Zwart Pete. I don't okay. know. I'm not a, a Spanish person. So basically, this evil Santa would take kids away in a sack back to Spain and beat them with a birch rod or broomstick. Uh, Why is that always then, birch? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a common tree in that area. And then uh, commentary everywhere, I guess. And then the more recent version, he only leaves a lump of coal in their stocking. That is the yeah. modern day thing. But it used to be a birch rod beating. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's bring it back. If your kid's not doing that great this year, just go get a birch branch. It Say better be just, birch. Yeah. And if it's if it's any harder than birch if it's some sort of oak or anything then it's abuse if it's birch it's just christmas tradition okay <laughs> it was black peter it wasn't me <laughs> it was lepur fritard or I, I forgot his name already <laughs> close enough yeah i think that's just about all we got for christmas that's a lot of information all right christmas is a crazy time i hope you guys have stayed safe patrick is there anything else you'd like to say just have a holly jolly christmas oh god (laughs) (laughs) happy holidays happy holidays (laughs) hope you guys have a great holiday season with your friends and family and good night to all are we done yet oh we are all right thanks for listening to what's going on if you have any questions that you want partially answered Write them in to what's going on the pod at gmail.com. No spaces, no apostrophes, no excuses. One more time, that's what's going on the pod at gmail.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. Please rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Thank you.